Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman. And Michelle Foray. And we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. You know, I feel like we've all made really big decisions in our lives. And those decisions typically like impact us in really, really big ways. Well, today we're going to be sharing four big organizational decisions that we wish we would have made sooner as teachers. These are things that we would go back and change if we could. But first, let's hear a time-sucking hurdle from Chelsea. Chelsea says, a huge time hurdle for me is if I leave something not finished the day before to do in the morning. When I get into the classroom in the morning, I feel panicked to get done what should have been done the day before. Chelsea, I have totally been there and I know the stress that that can induce when you feel like you have to get this done and your time is like slowly running out. It's super stressful. So let's start by sharing some decisions that we wish we would have made a lot earlier in our lives. For me, Michelle, I'm going to say that it was one of them is going to be stretching because I'm getting older. uh, My back is getting stiffer and I'm feeling a lot of pain. And so recently I've been doing some stretches and it's been making me feel a ton better, but I definitely wish I would have started this sooner in my life. And also saving for kids college. Like I never really understood that. And I had my my first son when I was really young. I was 21 years old. And so I think at that age, like, you know, you're still just trying to make ends meet. And so I really do wish that I, I would have saved a lot sooner for them. So mine would be weightlifting. I was a runner for about 10 years. I started running when I was 13 and I continued running through my first few years of teaching. And during that time, I was always intrigued by weightlifting, but it intimidated me. I didn't know what I was doing and the people who knew what they were doing were just like big and intimidating. So I didn't do it. But once my current fiance, Billy, and I started dating, he really got me into it. He kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone. And once I started doing it, I absolutely fell in love with it. It is one of my favorite activities that not only helps me reduce my stress, but it also makes me feel so empowered and it makes me feel strong and it makes me feel confident and it just has done wonders for me as a person not only in terms of my health but just in terms of my mental health as well yeah I have to tell you I love watching uh, whenever you do put any type of post up on Instagram or on YouTube because let me tell you that little pony flick that you do that thing is amazing (laughs) but it is great I'm so happy that you found something that truly does make you feel that inspired and that amazing it's it's nice to have that Oh, well, thank you. Now, today's episode, instead of focusing on these life decisions, we're going to really hone in on organization. And we're going to share with you four organizational decisions we wish we had started doing earlier. And the reason we're sharing these with you is so that you can start doing them today. You don't need to spend any more time wishing that you were doing them. You can make a change, start doing them today so you don't look back and wish you had started sooner. So to do this, of course, you guys know Michelle and I are two totally different people. And so we have our own organizational decisions that we want to share with you. And so I'm going to be sharing two of them. Michelle's going to share two of them. And we're just going to go back and forth. So Michelle, why don't you go ahead and kick us off and share your first organizational decision? All right, it's go time. I'm ready for this. So the first organizational decision that I wish I had started making sooner is buying containers that actually match from 
the same brand. So a little bit of a story time. My first year of teaching, um, y'all, I was broke, okay? I had just gotten out of college. I didn't have a lot of moolah floating around. So as a result, I ended up buying very cheap containers from the dollar store. And spoiler alert, they all broke during my first year and that meant that they had to be replaced. It was a very sad day. Now, I will say, some containers from the dollar store are quality. Like they are some good containers, especially for the price. But a lot of them are not. They're made out of cheap plastic. They're not designed to last a long time. And so even though I didn't have a lot of money and it made sense to buy these cheap containers from the dollar store, I actually was doing myself a disservice. I would have been better saving all of that money and buying nice containers instead of buying cheap containers and then replacing them and then buying more cheap containers and then replacing them. My personal favorite when it comes to quality containers, meaning containers that are going to last you years upon years upon years, are Sterilite containers. Let me preface this, though, by saying that Sterlite containers are expensive, and I believe that expensive is a very relative term because what is expensive to one person may not be expensive to someone else. However, these containers do run several dollars per container, but in my opinion, they are totally worth it because the containers I have have lasted me five years and they still look brand new. I mean, literally... It is so much more cost effective buying these durable containers than it is buying the really cheap ones and having them end up breaking. So I'm going to go through a couple different reasons that I truly love these bins. The first reason is that they come in different shapes and sizes, which is perfect to be able to store different items in my classroom because different items are different sizes and I have different quantities of them. So the Sterlite containers, and I really like the latch containers because they do make different containers. I like the ones that actually have latches on the side because they help hold the lid on. They come in a small size, which is perfect for holding things like command strips or wiggly eyes or washi tape. And these small ones you can sometimes find at the dollar store for only a dollar. Other times you can find it at places like Walmart or Target or on Amazon, and they might be just a little bit more expensive. Then they have medium-sized ones that are perfect for holding things like extra pencils and markers and crayons. They also have large ones that will fit like composition notebooks and folders and laminating sleeves. And this makes it super easy to store the materials because they stack on top of each other just so nicely. And it also becomes easier to make labels for them because the sizes are consistent. I can actually create one label and I could use it on several of the bins because they have the same width or the same depth. The second reason that I love Sterlite containers is because of the quality. I have actually moved across the state with them and they held up perfectly. I had all of my containers. I put them into boxes in my old classroom. We moved several hours across the state. They sat in my basement for a while. We even had my basement flood at one point because our air conditioning unit, which is located in our basement, it leaked water and our floor was soaked and the boxes were soaked. But I panicked until I opened them up because I realized all of my stuff was fine because it was in the containers and the containers are plastic so they help to protect it. And I then brought them into my classroom and unpacked them and I didn't have a single container break. And to me, that speaks volumes about the quality. 
I also think having those things in containers makes moving classrooms super easy because even though you may not be expecting to move to another school, you never know when your school might switch things up and have you move to a different classroom. Just this past year, I had to move classrooms because our school gained positions and our fourth grade team had to move to a different wing of the school. So I actually had to move all of my stuff and having it in containers made it so much easier because I could literally grab a stack of containers, move it over to the room and put it directly into the cabinets. Now, my final reason that I love Sterlite containers is that you can always buy more of them because the brand is super easy to find. One of the things I dislike about the dollar store is that they're constantly changing their bins all the flipping time. And then you can never find the same size of container or the same color, and then they never match. And while that may not be important to some people, okay, it is important to me. Just accept me for my flaws. And this is the same for bins from the Target dollar spot. I would always have a bad habit of buying, let's say, five bins. And then I would get into my classroom and realize, oh, that's not enough. I actually need two more bins. And I'd go back to the Target dollar spot and they would be sold out. And it became this goose chase trying to find the bins that I need. And I just don't have time for that. But what I love about the Sterlite bins is they are actually available from so many different places. My personal favorite is purchasing them right on Amazon because that's very convenient for me. But I've also bought them from Home Depot, Lowe's, Target, Walmart, and I'm sure there's even more places. So we will link for you a few different locations that you can purchase the Sterlite bins down in the show notes. You know, Michelle, I'm so happy that you ended up sharing that because I felt the exact same way. And I didn't actually make that one of my like organizational decisions that I wish I would have made sooner because I in fact did that my second year. I spent a ton of money on my bins and I invested in some of those IKEA cube shelves, which I love, love, love those things. So I was very fortunate to be able to have that like early, early on in my career. So super blessed in that. So my first organizational decision that I really wish I would have made sooner is going to take a little bit of a turn. It's not necessarily something that I would have technically purchased for my classroom. Instead, it kind of gears a little bit more academic related. And my first decision is to print my anchor charts as like a poster. So I would personally print them. Now, beforehand, just like so many of you, I used just your big, huge, anchor chart tablets that you would just kind of draw on and you would color them in. And guys, I spent so much time doing these. I would spend so much time over my breaks. I would take them home. I would just like first pencil everything in and create the design so that as I'm sitting there and building it with my students, they think I'm building it with them. But really, I'm just tracing over the penciling that I made, you know, 30 minutes or the day before. Um, so it really wasn't authentic it wasn't true. It, it wasn't real with my students. But I was also taking away a ton of time just to make sure that they looked perfect. I even went through this whole like episode in my life where I would create the, the words and I would find the clip art online and then I would end up printing them really, really huge. And then I would cut them out and they would be all on different colored, like colored paper. And so it looked really colorful and stuff and pretty on my anchor charts. And this was like an alternative of me having to sit there and pencil it in because I thought it was going to end up saving 
giving me more time. And in reality, it, it didn't because I'm looking for clip art. I'm making it really big on PowerPoint and then I'm printing it out on the colored paper. It, it was super time consuming. And so it wasn't fun. Like I hated the fact that I was spending so much time on these anchor charts. And a lot of the time, like I tried to save them, but then they would get bent and then they would not work or something would be different. And it's just, I never really consistently use them from year to year. And I started to really change in my philosophy of education and how I was teaching with anchor charts. And I really wanted it to be something that I built with my students. And so I I took away from a lot of that. But so now what I do is instead I use graphic organizers for my instruction. And I really like graphic organizers. I teach a fourth, fifth and sixth grade level for my learners. And so for them, it's really important to see how information is organized so that they can kind of see that organization. And I like to model my graphic organizers with them because y'all, I'm a huge, huge believer that if we don't teach our students on how to truly use a graphic organizer, when they go out and they're working either collaboratively or they're working independently, we're not getting what they really know. Instead, we're getting what they know or how to use the graphic organizer. And a lot of the times they're spending so much more time trying to figure out how to use the graphic organizer that they're not really showing us the information that they they really know the skills that we've been teaching them. So in order to be able to focus my attention on really helping my students and help them organize this, I print my graphic organizers as a poster. Makes it super easy. I can do it maybe a day. Sometimes if I'm really, really good and I'm on top of my game, I will print them out like a week or two before. And I've gotten very like nifty, like creative with it. And so I will put them on little magnetic strips and I have this really giant like file cabinet. And so on the side of that file cabinet, I will just clip them there. And so I have like all of my graphic organizers that I might be using and I can very easily go out and grab them. And then I take a picture and then I get rid of them. And that's the other part of it. That's the other like really big thing that I wish I would have done way sooner because I would try to keep all these like anchor charts all over my classroom. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Especially at the beginning of school when you're like in the first 20 days of your like your reading workshop and you have all the anchor charts all over about what your students should be doing. So my next tip on this and the next thing that I really wish I started doing a lot sooner was that I would take a picture of that anchor chart once it was done and then I would keep it up for maybe about three or four days. But then after that, if I wasn't referencing that anchor chart anymore, I would take it down because let's be honest, if I'm not referencing it, if I'm not going back to it, my students are not gonna go back to it. You have to model that for them because they don't know how to do that. So instead, I would take a picture, I would take that anchor chart down, I would end up throwing it away and I would print a colored version of that anchor chart and then I would print copies of that and it would just be plain black and white copies but I would make multiple of them about 10 to 15 of them and then I would put them inside of a page protector and I would organize those anchor charts by subjects themes or blocks however you end up deciding to do it inside of a large binder and as I found that my students needed to be able to reference them or if they needed to go and you know they needed some more guidance with it I would pull out that anchor chart binder and I would pull out one of those black and white copies 
copies and I would hand it to my student. I could write on it, they could write on it, they would keep it inside of their folder and they could reference it as they needed it. And it was a little more meaningful to them because it wasn't something that was just up on on the wall. It wasn't something that I came up with. It was something that we did together and we were still talking about it and communicating over it and they saw how it was connecting to their own learning. You just shared so many incredible tips in that segment, Bridget, like blew my mind. I recently had a former team teacher share a tip with me that I feel like would combine really well with Bridget's ideas. And that was to laminate the template and then write on top of it in dry erase marker or wet erase marker. So with what Bridget's saying, you could print out the poster of that graphic organizer, laminate it, and then write on top of the dry erase marker. So when you finish, you can just erase it and you can use it again in either another lesson or the next year. And I think that would just make everything a lot easier on you so you're not doing the work time and time again. Now, my second big organizational decision that I wish I had made sooner is to store my files digitally through Google Drive. When I first started teaching, I had a combination of physical papers that I organized into binders and digital files. Now, this whole system actually started when I was student teaching. I created binders that were full of all of the lessons I created during my internship, which I recently threw away, okay? Now, this worked fine at that time. It was an easy way to just put the lesson into the binder, put it away, and I knew that I had it. But in reality, it made it very difficult to find what I needed because these binders were massive. I had a three-inch binder for each subject area. So I had one for science, one for social studies, one for reading and language arts, and then one for math. And those binders took up a lot of space, okay? I was living in a very tiny apartment because this was during college, and those binders were heavy. Plus, if I accidentally left the binder at school, I didn't have access to the papers at home. Or if I left the binder at home, then when I got to school, I didn't have access to the papers. And that became very frustrating. So then I decided to start keeping digital copies of all these files on a flash drive. That way, if I did leave the binder at home, I could still access the files. Now, I'm going to tell you all a very tragic story. I actually ended up breaking a flash drive while I was at the library in college and I cried. And actually not even cried, I bawled my eyes out. I had just finished preparing all of my lessons for the next week because I was doing my full-time student teaching internship. So I was in the classroom as a teacher all week long and I was at the library pretty late. It was like 11 p.m. on a Sunday. I had just finished creating all of these files and I was like, yeah, I'm good to go. Well, in my little victory dance, I ended up scooting my chair into the flash drive because the CPU unit was on the floor and it completely cracked the flash drive in half. And I sat there for a second and I tried to wake myself up because I legitimately thought I was dreaming. And then I started crying. I called Billy because we were dating at that time. And he was actually working at Best Buy. So I was like, he's got to know. Like he can talk to the geek squad and we're going to get it fixed. Nope. He was like, Michelle, I don't know what to do. Like there's a possibility they could retrieve the files, but obviously that's not going to help you for this week. And I was just 
bawling. It was one of the worst experiences I've ever had. And obviously it scarred me because I still remember it to this day. So after that experience, I ended up switching over to external hard drives because I felt safer with that. Typically external hard drives have a cord that plugs into your computer. So that way, if something happened, like I could just get a new cord, it wasn't going to actually affect the files. But my external hard drives would randomly disconnect from my computer. And it was always when I was in the middle of editing a file and I would be almost ready to save and then it would disconnect and I would lose that file. And it was so infuriating. Plus, I also had to take that external hard drive back and forth to school, which was a little bit of a pain because it did take up more space than like a small flash drive. And I used this system up until my fourth year of teaching. For my fourth year of teaching, I moved schools and my new school used Google Drive, which I had no prior experience with, but I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. And y'all, this became a godsend for me. This is by far my favorite way to organize all of my files because the storage is actually housed online. So I can access it on any computer. I'm not saving the files to the computer, I'm saving it to the internet, which allows me to access it on any device. Now, you can even save really important files to actually be available during offline mode. That way you can still edit them. And if you were to have like an internet outage at school, because I've had that happen, if you have your main documents that you need saved to offline mode, you can still access them even without internet. So don't worry about the whole internet problem. But I have actually done this with Google Docs for grad school notes. I would be taking a flight somewhere and I would want to take notes on some articles during the flight, but I didn't want to pay for the Wi-Fi or maybe Wi-Fi wasn't available. And I would actually save that Google Doc to offline mode and then I could use it on the plane even without internet. I also love Google Drive and having those files stored digitally because it makes it so easy to organize the documents and the files using folders and color coding. Now, I actually have a full video on how I organize it on my YouTube channel, so we will link that for you down in the show notes. It's a lengthy system when you first try to organize it, but once you actually get it organized, it becomes so easy to maintain. Personally, having these digital files just works a lot better for me because whenever I'm looking for a resource or an idea for a lesson, I always found myself looking on my computer. I never thought to go and open up a binder and try to find a printed copy. It just isn't how my brain operates. In fact, I do not even have a filing cabinet in my room. For me, they just get messy and they take up valuable space in my classroom, whereas having files held digitally through Google Drive doesn't take up any physical space in my classroom. Now, that being said, I do still have some binders. I have a sub binder that I leave out whenever I'm out and there's a substitute in my room or a guest teacher. I also have data binders to be able to hold different work samples and just collect all of the data through one like chart and I stick it in the binder. But I am not printing physical copies of my resources and lesson plans to be able to store. Back when I taught second grade, I did utilize Rooted and Reading because we didn't have a reading curriculum. And I made binders for every single month of Rooted and Reading. And I recently threw them all away because I'm not using them. And if they ever got updated, I would have to reprint all the paper copies. But with digital files, if it's updated, I just resave it to the computer and it's not costing me 
me paper. I don't have to take the time to reprint it and re-put it in the page protectors. It's just so much easier. You know, Michelle, that's one of the things that I have recently been working on. And I always joke because I feel like every single episode I ask you, hey, come downstairs to my basement and help me go through my binders. And it's going to happen one of these days, y'all. I promise you, you will see it on a video of Michelle helping me clean my, my kindergarten stuff. We'll make it happen. We will totally do it. Um, okay, so I'm going to go into my very last organizational decision that I wish I would have made sooner. And this one, again, is geared more towards the instructional side. And so for me, and I know some of you out there are probably like, yep, I have this too, but I didn't have a lot of curriculum. It wasn't something that I like opened up a book and it had all of the materials for me. It had all of the, you know, different anchor charts and it had all the different activities. I always had to come up with everything ever since kindergarten. I came up with all of my activities. And so I would have to go and find my different mentor texts and I would have to find, you know, the different activities like with a craft that I wanted to do in kindergarten or the graphic organ that I wanted to use with my upper elementary grades or that I wanted to have like some sort of an interactive activity that I wanted to do with my kids. And so I felt like every single year, guys, like I was struggling with trying to remember where did I have that or what did I do with that? And so I really, really wish that I would have made the decision to log my materials for my lessons way, way sooner than when I actually started, which was about last year when I started it. I hate to say that, but it's the truth. Like I I just didn't do it and I don't really know why. And so what I mean by log materials for my lessons is that I would really think about it as either a lesson or a unit or maybe a theme, however you want to kind of wrap your brain around what you're teaching. I would keep some sort of a log and y'all, it could be like really, really simple. Okay. But it could have some sort of a table that you would just literally put. Here's what the title of this item is. Here is where it is located. You know, here is who it is by somewhere where it just kind of triggers your brain and says, oh, this is where I need to go and look for this item. So the one big area that I use this for is going to be mentor tax. Like I love, love, love picture books. In fact, I love it so much that my husband gets really, really upset with me because I have a tendency to buy picture book after picture book after picture book. In fact, I'm pretty sure I have about three picture books in my Amazon cart right now, and I'm just waiting for the right moment to buy it so he doesn't notice. It's my life, y'all. I love it. So mentor text. I really struggled a lot with remembering, well, wait, what was the name of that book that I used in order to teach this particular skill? And what I found was that it's just mainly because probably I'm getting older and I didn't have a really good way of organizing it in my classroom because I'm gonna be very honest and real with all of you. I keep my mentor text out for my students to be able to read them. So my picture books are integrated in with my chapter books and I have them organized by genres. Well, I don't always remember where every single one of them goes because I have a lot, like a lot, a lot. And so what I, I always hated that feeling of having to constantly go back and 
and look for materials and trying to remember what is it that I did the previous year. It wasted so much of my planning time trying to remember all of the really cool things and the lessons that I had done from the year before. And I knew that they worked for me. I just couldn't quite remember what they were. So I started logging my mentor text. I took a piece of paper and you can literally go super, super basic. You can take a lined piece of paper or you could be like Michelle and you can totally go digital with this, making a spreadsheet and then having a specific place where you would be able to go and look for it in that spreadsheet. So for example, in one of your, if you're teaching a lesson like on character traits, I would have all of the resources, all of the mentor texts that I would use to teach character traits. And on that piece of paper, I would write, oh, it's a book. This is the short story. And this short story is titled this and it's by this person. And I got it from either the school library or my library, or it's online in this location, or I got it from my teacher partner. I would just take a second and just write it down really, really quick. And that then allowed me to say, oh, here are the list of the materials that I used and here's where I got them. So I wasn't spending forever in a day trying to pull all of these different materials together because it just wastes a ton of my time. Now, you can absolutely do this for so many different areas in teaching. You can do it for science. You can do it for social studies. The other day, I did an activity for Jamestown and my students had different pictures and they had to place those pictures in order by the events that occurred in Jamestown. That's going to be an activity that I'm going to want to remember. So inside of, you know, either a spreadsheet or a piece of paper, I would just write down Jamestown anticipation, like sorting picture activity. And then I would write where am I going to place those materials so that I don't have to reprint them or I don't have to remake them. Or if I do want to print them, I can just very easily know where I need to go in order to find those materials. So either way, you can use this in so many different areas and it makes the next year just that much easier for you. Bridget, you have just left me feeling so motivated to get myself together in terms of logging my materials. I love those tips because I think that's something we all struggle with is forgetting what we used, where we got it from, and that is just going to make everything so much easier. So if you are also feeling inspired and you want to get a jumpstart on your teacher productivity, we do have a freebie for you. It is a PDF document of seven ways to jumpstart your teacher productivity. If you head over to our homepage, www.teachingonthedouble.com. You can enter your email and get the free download. Now, if you are listening to our podcast through iTunes, please make sure you go on and leave us a review. We would love you and appreciate you so, so much. It would help our podcast be able to grow. And while you're on our website, you can also go ahead and submit your time-sucking hurdle for a chance to be featured on our podcast. That's right, Michelle. So until next time, guys, be Stay organized and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.